Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi everyone, welcome to the second installment of the Self-Isolate In here on the YouTube uh, with myself, DJ Walsh, I know I'm Tab from Snowcast and uh, Finn Boyer from the Irish History Podcast and this week uh, we're joined by the one and only Tony Groves. Uh, Tony, who is uh, the man from the Tortishack, host of the Echo Chamber Podcast, co-host of Reboot Republic and a few other fingers and a few other pies. Tony, you're busy. I'm too busy. This this has not been uh, this, this self isolating is not working out for me. Hi everyone, welcome to the second out. installment of thanks, the Thanks for having us on, guys. How was everybody? The... Yeah, good. Yeah. good. Uh, well, actually, no. To be honest, I'm going to say uh, I'm starting to find this uh, more and more difficult. Um, the whole last week was grand, and uh, but yeah, I'm definitely starting to find self isolation. The, the the lack of actually so I don't really I, I I live in England County and I wouldn't see I live on my own so I don't actually see that many people and actually that is starting to mm. like before you know, you go downtown you meet someone you go for coffee or even just sitting in the cafe and now just not seeing anyone at all for potential days on end I'm starting doing the garden that's keeping me sane um, yeah you have a gardener look about you all right can, can can is it is it okay to, is it okay to say yeah uh, that this should have been someone's wedding today or, or is that too is that too much oh, of a per- too raw is it <laughs> <laughs> no it's not raw at all man listen six more months for the the bride to see saints yeah should have been getting married today so uh should should be should be just about finishing my meal and get ready to start my speech around now but uh sure instead i said i'd join you lads for an old can speaking of cans lads what are you drinking tonight um, I'm on Soldiers Island by Kildare Brewing Company. Right, uh, it's a 5%er. It's a peach made of usual ingredients, barley, hops, <laughs> water. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really nice. I'm going to switch on to uh, this electric juice. I think you were, were you using that last week, DJ. Or, um, I was on the electric juice last week. Yeah, I did a bit of everything last week, to be honest. Yeah, so did I, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's quite. It's quite nice. It's it's like it's kind of a, a little bitter, but it's not too. That's I I don't really like like very very bitter beers. Like, but yeah, um, big fan of fan of the Killer Brewing Company. Pretty much only discovered them because of the the coronavirus. So that's a silver lining, I suppose. Definitely, yeah. Tony, what are you on yourself? I, I I'm drinking. Um, it's it's uh, it's it, it's it's Blue Moon. But yeah, you know it's, it's it's brewed right. The waters from the Talca, the 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 hops are basically made of coddle. It's pure Dublin, like it says Belgium, but it's pure Dublin. <laughs> you see, no slice of orange though for it. You know, yeah. do you ever do you ever get in a big jug where they put the slice of orange on the side? I I was told you were classy, like I was told you were classy, but clearly not. 
Because people are so dumb. It's it, no, no. It, honest to God, like the, I remember the the porterhouse on the before it became what the the Bernard Shaw used to serve it on draft. It was one of the few places, and the James and James is um, the James Inn uh, on on opposite Vicker Street would serve it as well. But they used to serve it in like that one and a half point glass. You know the big the big thing that would knock your socks off because it's uh, yeah it, it does, they pack a punch the the Belgian beers anyway. So it's not, it's not the worst. No, definitely not. Ben, what, what are you taking into yourself this week? I am on the same as uh, Guinness. Oh, the point again. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's the same one from last week. <laughs> <laughs> There's the end of a slab in the shed that I'm working my way through. So uh, that's what... Uh, Every that's Christmas leftovers for the last 10 years. <laughs> mm. oh. And uh, I suppose I'm on, the, I'm on the Van City West Coast IPA from the same... Um, Kildare Brewing Company, this yolk is 6.5% and I'm halfway through my second can, so by the end of this, I will be talking some shite. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, similar enough, came across in the same way as Owen, and uh, it's 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 an absolute bang of hot profit. Uh, I think it's probably a, a testament to the, the laws around um, another family of hops, um, a, f- a family of, of plants that are, sim- are, are related to hops uh, that you can indulge in in Vancouver if you so well please. Um, so yeah, lovely tasty stuff. We said tonight we're going to get stuck into uh, basically how this pandemic is going to shape the media, and I suppose we we said we're going to talk about right how how the media are handling the pandemic at the moment. So what do you reckon, lads? How how is the Irish media coping with the pandemic compared to, for example, our, our mates in the UK and and the US? Go ahead, Finn. Yeah, like overall, I think uh, I'm not. I've been pretty critical of the Irish media. I think, generally speaking, though, I think they are doing a pretty good job in this. In terms of obviously, the media are playing a really important role in terms of getting information out there, and I think they're doing that well. Um, yes, there is things to be desired. I think there are programs actually that are really problematic. The one that I'm really thinking of is I think Liveline, for example. Shows like that should actually be taken off the air during uh, times like this because we're obviously going through a crisis. We need to rally around each other. We don't need someone to amplify voices, though, of random people often who are just really scared and they're amplifying them. And if you hear those voices on the radio, I think it can lead to a heightened sense of fear because they gain legitimacy off that. And I do think actually leaving Liveline talking about coronavirus, I don't know if they're still doing this, um, but when I tuned in, I just heard the usual kind of muck of like, oh, tell me how you feel. Do you feel scared? And it's like, well, of course she does or he does. We all do. Um, mm-hmm. But amplifying that on a national radio station is not really the way to go. Um, other than that, I actually think and the only one I've been listening to is RTE. Um, I think it's been relatively good. I, I don't know what the like, I guess there could be more critique of the government package. Um, but in terms of actually getting information out there. I think they've done a pretty good job. That's my. I I I I I'd be stronger than that. Actually, I think they've done. I think RTE have done a fabulous job for for the most part. Genuinely, think they've done a fabulous part. I think some, not all, not not everybody exclusively, but you're never gonna. There's people for everybody, I suppose. People will listen to their own channels. There are my only. Some of my critiques would be more cosmetics, or it'd be around the you know. Um, the West Wing style nonsense that's going on, you know, um, and uh, that that sort of that that that's like, you know, I'm surprised that they don't play Leo Varadkar's speech to people in ICU and hope they'll just stand up and walk out because <laughs> you know this this nonsense of, of of listening to that 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 actually saved the world. I mean, you know, he's not a great orator. He delivered a good line or two, and it wasn't it it wasn't it was a reassuring speech for a lot of people. We didn't need the hyperbole in the morning. I, I, th- I thought yeah. it was just. I thought there was a lot of that. And there's this, and then and now there's also the only other critique I'd have is that there are people who generally in the in the media um, is well represented. There's you know there's people who you would know would be historically Fine Gael or historically Fianna Fáil or whatever it is, and they're now taking this as an advantage to say, you know what we should do? We should forget about the general election we had a few weeks ago and just give Leo the, you know, just give him his head for the next 10 years. Like, you know, you, you know, and 
we can't we can't let that go either because that there has to be like we have a constitution. We just had an election. We need a government, and we need to and we need to we need to form that on basis on how the, the democratic will of the people. However, it, we talked exclusively for the coronavirus coverage. I think it's been very good. I think it's, I think it's been like when I look at this stuff in the UK, geez, yeah. we're, we're light years yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I hate doing the what aboutery, but I, nonetheless, I, 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 there's a lot of great journalists. And if you're, if anybody is watching this other than the, the, the three of us, maybe buy a newspaper <laughs> or, or, or support the media. They do, they, they, they do a good job more time, more often than not. Yeah, definitely. I'll go along with that, Tony. I think like so, some of the like you look at what like people like Fergal Bowers on Twitter there, Richard Chambers. Some of these journalists are are like working around the clock. Gavin Riley as well. They're working around the clock, giving up to date information, um, and absolutely working like Trojans just to get the information out to the general public. And in fairness, I think they're delivering it quite well. Um, Owen, what are you making of the media's role in all this? Yeah, no, guys. I think you covered pretty well. I think. Um like I think RT and the likes are doing a very good well. The only thing I would knock them on is this nine o'clock nightly announcement. Um, I think it builds up a bit of panic and everyone just waiting yeah. for a figure and stuck on the one time. It's nearly like Hunger Games esque of like firing out who's been eliminated kind of thing. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um. So like I don't know if they could like drip feed it a bit better throughout the day or something, but obviously there's maybe logistics around that as well. Why why they why they are doing it exactly, um that time, um and also to take um I suppose the lighter media crowd of say the likes of Joe.ie and those I think they've played quite a good role in terms of now I know it's absolute muck the content that they do create, but I think it's quite good of going like here's fifteen things you can do at home here's. Uh, 25, you know, here's whatever, like, uh, 25 best things to watch on Netflix, on Disney Plus or whatever, like, you know, I think like that, like, there's been a great surge in social media to try and provide a positive spin on things and to make people like less self-isolated. Um, just, add, just adding on to that, um, the, I think actually the stuff that the journal did in terms of combating some of the really mad rumours that were going around. Now, I think a lot of us yep. would probably would have seen them and gone, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. But they yeah. definitely were having an impact. And I think it was important that they went off and you know did all that really hard stuff of going finding out where it had come from and going, this is why it's not true. Um, I suppose just while we're on this aspect of it, or just touching on what Owen is saying there, I do think actually probably podcasts, not probably, I think podcasts are playing an important role in that kind of entertainment sphere as well. Because I think a lot of people, I definitely know that I... There's podcasts that are really important to me at the moment. Just not mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's patreon.com forward slash Irish history. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think the, the, that, that, that escapism or whatever is definitely important um, at the moment. Because I think it was just what Owen said there, the idea of providing a list of 10 things on Netflix to go and watch. That's all important too. Um, and I think in terms of that stuff, yeah, I think the media is doing um, well. Probably there's a bigger, much bigger conversation not being had. And I don't know if we have the mental space as a society at the moment to have it as to who's going to pay for all this because we've been down this road not, before. Not us. Yeah, yeah. Not us this time. We've been yeah. down this road before with austerity and we know the way, uh, a fair idea, the way uh, the government think it's going to be settled um, but I think after the banking crisis I think most people in Irish society aren't going to uh, accept that this time it certainly no. won't finish. can I come in just to, it, it won't happen this time because whatever the best case scenario is we will all be grieving for someone in the next 12 18 months i believe someone will we know someone and if 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 a bill falls on on the on the general public that is not bought up by, the, by some version of a euro bond i would i would say there there will be some form of civil unrest with, which will make the water charges look tiny yeah. that would be my opinion yeah I, I think adding to that as well i think you've you've seen all of a sudden in a crisis scenario uh, uh, the political will is there now to move towards like you know the most basic fundamental building blocks of a socialist socialist society where like you know universal basic income uh, ban on evictions, these, these kind of steps. And like, 
already today, like you've seen a vote in the Doyle, which is like moved to, to block a, a kind of extinction of this ban. And you're, you're talking about like, right, are we going to fucking accept this? Like, you know, it's it's a very interesting point. Um, I, I, I don't see how you can stand by and accept uh, the, the working class and middle class basically footing the bill for this pandemic that like, let's call a spade a spade. Like the, the economy won't be in a great place, par- partly because society was very fractured and very unequal before the pandemic. And I think we have to, I, I, I've been banging on on my own personal social media the last couple of days of like, yeah, grand, applaud, like do the claps and all that kind of stuff. I'm not bad, I'm saying anything bad about all that, but don't forget, like, don't forget, like how undervalued were nurses to the government a year ago, you know? And I think part of the media are very quick, my criticism of certain elements of the media would be how quick they are to just dismiss this, like, there was no GP contract, like, you know, we kept being mentioned yeah. the, the bill of the election. Mm. It wasn't on the table for actual GPs. The nurses were treated like muck on the end of politicians' fuel last year, you know, and I just think... Last year, last year, 25,000 nurses marched through the streets of Dublin because they weren't being paid, and we, we can't forget that. Yeah, and one of them, like, like that, I, I think that that's a fact. Um, 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 the general public wanted to stand by them then, so let's fucking stand by them when we turn the corner, and I think... That's one element of the media that I think is it's missing a bit of a pulse there on. And that's just a minor criticism, because I think in the whole, the media have handled it quite well. Lads, how how do we think this pandemic and the changes it'll bring about society will actually change how the media will have to approach things going forward? Uh, yep. Shane, do you want to take up that off? Yeah, actually, this is probably the thing that I was thinking about most um, during the week, because um, I was thinking, you know, just... How much like is ratting like say from previous pandemics? Like can we see like changes? And I think probably something that I think that seems to happen is that things like this don't we shouldn't be looking for entirely new things that are going to come out of this, but what it may do is accelerate changes already underway in society. So what I would kind of think is that one thing that I think is very possible, um Tony might go mad when I say this, but um I think newspapers are going to come under huge pressure. Like we've seen newspapers going down in terms of readership. Um, there has to be a cohort now who can't get to shops. They're going to have to look at the alternative, which is obviously um, in terms of um, going online and using online uh, news. And I think once you make that jump, uh, that's going to be very difficult to come back from. And I'm not sure... Uh, newspapers are going to make that jump back or, 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 or I would wonder will newspapers survive uh, the yeah. next couple of months because an older generation now maybe the, the, the websites that are the, the sorry the news outlets that have the newspapers say like the Irish Times or whatever the one of the big websites if they can properly reorientate those websites I know a lot of them have trouble at the moment but um, I think old media is probably going to suffer a very serious blow in this and it's not something I would in any way, I, I, I don't buy the, the division between old and new media um, at all and unless something fills that void, it's going to be a huge blow to wider society but I think this could accelerate that shift to online uh, sources over um, over um, things like, particularly newspapers Although that said, I would say one other thing is I do think television would probably gain um, a bit of respect that it has previously lost because more people are doing that ritualistic thing of tuning into the nine o'clock news. Yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, and I, I, I want to just that that one well, the things that there actually remind me of something that you brought up earlier about um to me in a in a separate conversation today about I suppose local media outlets and and the challenges they're facing at the moment. What are your thoughts on that, like? Yeah, like I think what we saw, like, is it the Kilkenny people, Clare Champion, Leinster Leader, all like whoever is that conglomerate of um, papers there, um, seem to be laying off people. Um, and I just I think it's quite interesting to see what kind of way their business model is going to go. As Finn said, um, are they going to like veer totally towards um, online media, or are they going to do a mixture of both? It's quite interesting. I was looking at like the Leinster Leader there earlier on. And um, like I went to look at a thing, and I went to look at an article on it, and like it was just a simple article, but it was immediately under a paywall, 
And I'm just wondering, is that the right approach? Um, I don't know, Tony, like you might have a, a bit of a more of an insight into it, but just in terms of how, um, like, you know, how, how, how they're targeting themselves even now before this, like to, to set up a business for themselves, you know? Oh, um, that's a very big question. I mean, um, like I, I kind of, I got to, like, I think there's a lot of more value in some local news um, that than there is ever before, you know, in terms of some of this, not, not that there's ever been before, but that, that there was when I was growing up where you had your local newspapers and you had them very, you knew what was going on, but because all news became national and then all news with Sky News became international and then the Fox News, see, it all became global. And now we kind of need to know what's happening in our towns and communities now, probably more than ever. So, you know, you look at a great news, the Irish Times, uh, a few a few months later, a few weeks later. But, you know, they're doing great work, but they have to rely mm. on people like me who are going to pay a, a, a subscription charge. Um, and so it's it's it's. It's it's the same it's the same thing like I saw like for example I don't know if you guys have noticed that the Row Collective um has has started up with a, a you know a feminist um writing and podcasts and blogs and all of these pieces and it's a great initiative and it, it's all behind the paywall the currency is twenty five yeah, euro yeah. a month all behind the paywall every every yeah. every article everything you know um and their way because you've seen even the belgian company that purchased um inm they're not interested in print they they've pulled out of print in, in many of their markets that they've already been printing in but when it comes to um like we have it's it's a great age to be a journalist because you've access to information you've access to i mean like i was talking to a guy today in kurdistan like just like that i wanted someone who who he he had been on the ground when the cholera epidemic happened in yemen and you get this guy and you can talk to him i'm not a journalist i just have a podcast and i can do that because the world is small now but it's a terrible time to be a journalist and want to actually make a good living from it you know that's yeah. uh yeah I, I agree with the I agree with the print media um, itself just kind of going out. I was even saying to the DJ earlier on, like even looking at um, even when you walk a news agents or any shop that would have newspapers, I don't know it was in my own mind, but like from years ago where like the newspaper was one of the first things you saw when you came into the shop where there was a stand in front of you. I just I feel that that has kind of gone out. I'm not sure if even shops themselves now want to market it. If they don't, I don't think. They even see themselves as uh, as one of the main sellers for them. Yeah, I think it used to be the case that, like in a shop, someone would um, come into the shop to buy the paper, and then they just happen to buy five or six other things while they're in there. And it was almost like newspapers were this like attraction for someone to come into the shop, and then they just happen to spend it. You know, they'll spend a fiver instead of just a one euro or whatever it was on a newspaper. The other thing as well, I think, with that that's quite interesting is um, <clears throat> like you look at right, is this the direction the media was going anyway and has the pandemic just accelerated it? So I look at sports journalism, for example, like a lot of the leading sports journalists in the world, and I know, Tony, this is a sphere that you're like, after just opening up with you, McKenna, coming on board to start a podcast with the uh, Tartishak. So there's a nice plug for you now, the, the black guy. Um, but I, I think it's, it's really interesting that The Athletic um, came along and took an awful lot of the biggest sports journalists in the world who would have done... Um, uh, an awful lot of 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 the main coverage of of like worldwide sports, and now there there a lot of them are writing for the Athletic, and the Athletic has kind of almost muscled its way into sports journalist podcasts, and then it's no longer on a paper; it's on an app. Now, I've actually tuned into a lot of of, of some of, of those podcasts and found that a lot of those journalists are saying that this kind of new space is giving them an opportunity to do more long writes, and they can do like you know, uh, pieces that are interviews or piece, opinion pieces which much bigger word spacing than they could ever have in a newspaper because of, like, the need for marketing on newspapers, advertising, and, and basically trying to cram everyone's um, journalism into one newspaper, which is an interesting viewpoint. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but just, for example, like, I, I, I would buy the Waterford News and Star every now and again down here, but I found that uh, right, fuck it. Some of the I find local journalism in Ireland fantastic. I think there's some absolutely amazing local journalists. And in in Waterford, for example, we have Dermot Keys and Darren Skelton, who I am big admirers of. And I just find that 
like, fuck it, I want to give a six-month subscription to the News and Star now because they, they need people to subscribe online because I'm not going to the shop to buy a newspaper at the moment. But at the same time, too, I'd love to, in September, be able to buy a newspaper again. So I'd lament the fact that newspapers could be on the way out. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I have, I, I subscribe to loads of newspapers. I have digital subscriptions for loads of newspapers. Um, part of it is that I still believe in the, that that if I want if I want news, I need to pay for it, and I believe the work that the journalists do has value. And then part of me is kind of just just an old fogey. Like my 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 family had a had had a newspaper selling patch at, at, on the corner of where old Hector Gray's used to be in Middle Abbey Street. You know what I mean? So oh, so man. so I've got. I, but but that's 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 my roots. So I kind of have that in me. But I do love um I do uh, I I see things like the athletic, and I think of the failed experiment that was. If you remember, ESPN had it had a had it page two, which was initially Bill Simmons' first long form area, where he had all these brilliant writers uh, that he could, they could write what what they wanted without the need for you know give me four hundred words. And of course that became Grantland, and then it became a failure. And now he's he's back with his own um his own product the ringer and that's been bought by spotify recently so you know i don't know if there's room in the market for all of them and i certainly don't know if there's room in the market for, for with the athletic to be keep paying the, the salaries of all of these people that they've brought on when there's no sport to cover because as that's at the end of the day only you're not going to read 25 think pieces you want to see who won the match last night you know mm, absolutely and uh thing i suppose coming into the um It'll, it'll be fascinating in terms of long term, like I know you, your podcast is associated with um, the Irish Newspaper Archive, what, I, what's the official term again? Was associated. No, no, like I think, like, well, yeah, I guess that's different though in terms of like there's always going to be that demand for what newspapers said. I yeah. think what's interesting though about that is if if we lose these sources that are, you know, like I am very critical of newspapers today, but they give, the Irish Times gives a view, it gives information that is, generally speaking, if you look at the Irish Times over a three-month period, most big stories in Ireland will have been covered in it to one degree or another. It's not the paper of record anymore, but still, the, the these stories tend to get into it. If these newspapers go what would you do in two years' time or five years' time? You want to look back. Where do, where do you look back to? Because, like, you can't look back to, like, the journal doesn't really fulfill that. Um, and I would just, it, it opens up the space for fake news, all that kind of stuff, massively. If you don't have, like, I need tradition, like, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I, I wouldn't be without criticism of some of the traditional media groups like I, I do resent sometimes being going uh, with with journalists who write for the pay, big newspapers going buy the newspaper. It's like going, I will buy the newspaper, but if you want me to buy the newspaper, it's a two way process, and I don't want to read. If I buy, like you, know, you can say the Irish Times has a certain perspective, um, and then it will introduce people maybe from the Iona Institute who have no purchase in this society and allow them to write articles week in, week out about various different things. Now, personally, I don't want to spend my money on that. So I guess the idea that the media is removed from society um, will also change as they become more and more subject to uh, uh, people who read it paying directly like subscriptions online. We called it with like there's too much of the views papers as they call them instead of the newspapers. There's far too many, you know, and everybody in terms of the views papers, what they want is that there's a formula for it. There, there's a a self-declared, self-identifying centrist who leans to the right, who has a small C conservative and Christian views. Maybe sticks in his Twitter bio, liberal, um, classical, classic liberal. You know this. We know the type, and there's and they are actually all. They're a generic think piece, and they're done to, to 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 generate clicks. And you know, and that's the problem. Sometimes in the me- in in traditional media, they will tell you they're not in that world. Oh no, we don't do that. That's that's what social media does. Generates outreach. That's what social media does. No, no, it's 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 all it's all it's in the industry as well. And and you know, 
uh, unfortunately, we're not well served by um, much of the talking heads that go on because there's there's definitely a consensus. You only have to look at some of, some of the what what you call the rotating panels who who come in and out of these things, and they're the same six seven people all the time, over and over and over. And and there's a reason why people have turned away from that. And Finn, you pointed out quite well, people have turned away from it because it it's not representative of Ireland. Where are the people of color? Where are the people from the traveling community? Where are the LGBT people? Where are the you know where are these people? I mean, I'm aware that there's four white guys here saying this, but I'm also <laughs> I'm also really fucking pissed off that it's so it's so obvious to anybody who's looking in yeah. that is not rep- Representative of Ireland anymore. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Tony. Uh, sorry, rant, rant, rant over. No, but 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 you are absolutely spot on. But I think I I yeah, you, you could get yourself into trouble by going into the ways and 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 what are the reasons behind that. But uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I think I think you're on the ball. Like we we need a media to represent what Ireland is now, and and what Ireland is now can vary, um, and 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 has varied greatly from. Like when when we were going up 20, 30 years ago, you know, it's, it's a completely different country right now. Um, I just wanted to add in on that there, like uh, what Finn was saying there about uh, fake news and like a newspaper as well. Like, so like I'm I'm here now and I'm talking and this is part of this. I'm I'm part of media and I can say to you that I was um, walking on the Curra there earlier on today and I met one of the guys from the army and he said to me. And that he was up at Orsonutron, and that there has been a case of COVID nineteen in Orsonutron. Seriously, and that Michael <laughs> D. Higgins is um, in isolation in his bedroom, and that like for him when he's doing all those press conferences, that they've had to do the shed out the back. <laughs> so like, who verifies me here saying that? Like, yeah. you know, or like who verifies anyone? It's a role in technology for like. This verification of news sources, or you know, like sure, there's like just some sort of way of like fact checking these things, like through an algorithm, like you know. But if you look at newspapers, like a hundred and seven. That was fake news, by the way. That was fake news. Yeah. All right. I was just saying, someone someone could if someone logged on, if someone logged on at that moment, where Owen is saying, "I was up in Orleans today," and someone is already cutting that out and it's flying around WhatsApp groups at the moment. I, I just I just retweeted it from a well-known uh, centre-right journalist at this point. <laughs> but um, uh, I think it is a bit like where newspapers were like 150 years ago. Like if you look at newspapers, in the, particularly in the early 19th century, they used to publish all sorts of madness. Like in Kilkenny, there was two uh, newspapers, the moderator and the, the journal. And the front page article on each of them in the early 1840s used to slag off the other one. And they had this r- running feud and it was kind of like a blog, the way you would today, you know, like a, like two people or a Facebook post almost that hacking, you know, their, their rival or whatever. But and I, I don't know where, I think that's where we are with the internet at the moment, that it's just a free-for-all Wild West. The problem with this is, in terms of regulating that, it asks huge questions, though, about everything in terms of, like, why am I allowed to say what I'm allowed to say then? Who says what I'm right? You know, it's not just about news it's going to become about everything about history every aspect of everything that's published on the internet then would be fair game once they can Mm. start regulating what is and the problem is what is true news and what is fake news is totally in the eye of the beholders there's not like you know we live in we do live in a post-truth society in that in that regard I, I, I don't I don't want to be ageist in saying this, but I do I, I do think at the same time you're talking about uh, a, a, we're in a very unique uh, era of the the information age where you've got a, a whole generation like say my parents' generation who didn't have the internet growing up they did they, they came to the internet uh, like later on in in life so all of a sudden they'll just share anything that looks like. You know, it might like they're, they're, do you know what this stereotypical Jesus, my aunt fucking Mary or my aunt uh Bridie shares everything on Facebook and look at all this stuff she's sharing. Um as opposed to like, you know, I think I think younger people now are, are a bit more keen to verify what they're what they're sharing. But I mean, for example, like the, the best source of information in relation to the pandemic that I've come across so far is a, a Twitter account by an IT business analyst, not a politician. Not not a not a medical person, but actually it's an IT business analyst, Catherine O'Sullivan is her name, 
and uh, basically she just puts up once a day um, a, a mathematical model of um, predicting how many cases we'll have by when the Taoiseach said we'd have 15,000 cases and every day she puts up the percentage and increase and what the model predicts we'll have on the 1st of April and it's, it, it actually shows quite a positive trend when you look at it but it's a very simple chart and it's very easy to, to interpret I just think like you know, we've got people coming up with innovative ways of, of displaying data, not just from a, from the media, but when you look at social media, what it is, is it, it's giving a media voice to every individual. And you've got this um, uh, woman somewhere in Ireland doing this mathematical model. She's probably applying her skills to what she's been told about the pandemic. And uh, it's actually fantastic news because there's so much negativity, and rightly so. But when you actually look at the last couple of days and you're going from right, we were looking at a 33% increase in cases each day. And we were like, right, if we get that down to 25%, Simon Harris is saying, we're doing really well. And like we've got 18%, 18%, and 16% in the last three days an increase in number of cases. So it's funny, but the, the challenge I think for media then nowadays is how do you handle that and what way do you portray it to the general public? And it's very easy to look at that and say, right, lads, we're on the right way now. Don't worry, go off and have a, go off and meet your neighbour for a picnic and go up and visit your aunt. We're on the right track. But actually what this is saying is this is saying, the way I would interpret this is social distancing and the majority of people engaging with it, because these groups of 20 youth and stuff like that, they are in the minority, in fairness. If the majority of people can go along with this and keep that figure as low as possible, we are on the right track, regardless of the political failings or success etc and it's just a very very simple thing and I just think it's a real positive out of all this from a media perspective that people are using skills like being an IT business analyst and applying that to the pandemic and giving really relatable data that is actually quite useful you gotta you yeah, gotta it's, remember it's, 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 sorry go on no no go ahead no, I was just saying it's like it's very indicative of how how like um, Twitter can give this voice to someone who like it wouldn't get a voice to generally like you know you can say what you want about Twitter but um it does have its positives in that sense like that but, like I've been following that person as well and like it is actually that boost in the boost that you get once a day like just been like oh god we're actually doing something right here we are seems to be kind of flattening the curve well not sure about flattening the curve but making it less steep i suppose and this upward trend um and yeah i think these are a good point there my my only concern on it obviously is is that when you're with the more the more you you learn about it the worse the worse you begin to, to to think about it and you know you you go and you you talk to people who are 10 days waiting on a test and 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 10 days waiting on a result and 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 and, and i don't want to go down that negative road but i will say you know we gotta we gotta also recall that this is narrative is what dj is talking about it's about selling that to the public and how you frame that so you know was I disappointed in, in the numbers that they came out? I was thrilled to see the numbers being below, but I was disappointed that the Taoiseach went, this is great news. I thought, as someone who's done sales before, you should be saying, um, no, we still need to remain vigilant. Vigilant, cautious, yeah. cautious. Yeah. We, I, I, you know, we need to stress those things. Don't give people the... when You, you know, in sales, they say, you know, uh, uh, under-promise and over-deliver. It'd be great yeah. to, to hit, hit April 1st and turn around and say, listen, lads, we... we, we 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 must we maybe missed this wave, but we're still on an upward trajectory. I I don't know. I think we need I think we need more more seriousness about it. And look, I I I don't live in a rural area. I don't know about you guys. But I know Finn, you live in the middle of nowhere. What Kil Kilkenny? Um, <laughs> two pubs, one horse. But um, but like you know, I, there are still there are still people. You know, uh, practicing not 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 practicing social distancing. But I saw it this evening. It was hilarious. I went up to get my my the, the cans that you said to bring for this evening, and there was a queue outside the off license because only two people were allowed in at the same time, and everybody was standing um, at two two meter differences up the road. And I just thought this is bizarre, but this is the new world. Yeah, but but it's brilliant though. It's people heeding the advice, and I think I think that's the key point. Is like. You're dead right, you to say it. We shouldn't be selling the, I suppose, we shouldn't be selling the smoothening of the curve as a success. We should be reinforcing the point that this, this is what we need to maintain. This is the minimum acceptable standard of what we're doing at the moment. 
Um, I suppose just to move on to the next the, the next point then, lads, we, we talked about the traditional media and how that's going to change. Uh, the four of us here all are podcasters. And Everybody's um, a podcaster now. Yeah, we, we all have um, different different types of podcasts. Um, what Definitely if, white guys as well. Uh, and yeah, Definitely all white guys as well. Absolutely. Like, um, but that being said, what do we think the effect of this pandemic will have on podcasting? Uh, go on, Finn. You're you're the you're you're the um, you're you're the senior pod, podcaster in the in the room. Yeah, you're you're the old white head amongst us all when it comes to podcasting. What do you reckon? You've seen it all. You've been there. <laughs> the um, I think it. Acast put out stuff saying that that there's been they've had their biggest month now ever in the last month, so that would indicate more people are. Um, I think it's gonna. I I do think podcasting probably, and I kind of toy around whether this is a good bad, good or a bad thing for us. But in the current situation where we want to retreat into ourselves a bit, podcast. It's not just because people have time, but podcasting really helps with that. That you can kind of retreat back into your own because it's, you know, it's very much you listen on your own. Most people don't listen to podcasts with other people, and I, I actually noticed it myself that I wanted to. You know, you just got this idea of I must listen to that again. And it was a series that I listened to. It's Mike Duncan's History of Rome, and it was one of the first big history podcasts out there. But the idea of, oh, I'll go back listening to that now. And I was kind of going, is that some sort of like comfort thing that my, you know, like I'm trying to get back to? But I think podcasts, and sorry, as a medium anyway, will suit that idea of people retreating away from the world into. Um, so I think there will be a massive increase in it. Also, people just have more time. Podcasting has been kind of breaking through for the last two years or whatever. So the people who haven't at this point, who are living under a massive rock, are going to climb out from under that rock and download Stitcher or Spotify or whatever. Um, there's a whole other argument, though, about how all the podcasts that won't survive this. So while the amount of people listening to podcasts might increase, a lot of shows are going to go to the wall because podcasting mm. is either done as um, in people's spare time or people who make podcasts professionally don't make a lot of money at it. Margins are really tight. People could be working longer hours. All these things are going to put huge pressure on. So there's millions of episodes out there to be listened to. So there's plenty of stuff for people to listen to that they don't. So there's going to be that, I, I think, constriction, whatever the word is, like, you know, that, that like the numbers of shows could get narrower. The quality yeah. will definitely go down because you know, you're gonna get loads of, like the the one from Dairy Girls joking like about the 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 the, the guy starting. Stephen, this me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm laughing because I think like that that's a really interesting point. Like myself known as two incredibly casual podcasters <laughs> who basically like, I mean, the, the 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 amount of money we put into our podcast is basically like how much does a couple of points cost in a taxi home each week? You know that that's that's the extent of it, and. Um, and and I but I do think like I find that like say for example just to take a parallel thing like when I first came into the in, in contact with the Irish History podcast maybe a year and a half two years ago it was like a week off where I was tipping around the house yeah. and I just stumbled across it I like I burned through your entire fucking Vikings Raiden uh, catalog in like three or four days because I had nothing to do and I think that's what you'll see is you'll see this mass uptake yeah. but but as well I think it's a good point like we. In fairness, myself and Owen, I think, would have had genuine fears about Snowcast when this all hit. Like, pubs are closed. We record our podcast in a pub. It's innovate or die, basically, you know. And that, that that's, I mean, ultimately what we're trying to achieve here is yeah, just, yeah. you know, do something to keep your, keep, keep like, occupy yourself and, and do something to take your mind off the COVID stuff, even though we've t- talked about it in the two self-isolating so far. But I think it's a, a really interesting point. Tony, like, I know you guys, like, have chosen to expand in possibly the worst time in human history to try and expand. How, how are you coping? Like, where do you see it going for podcasts in the future? Well, well like, um, we were kind of, of look, we, we're, we're, I keep saying we were an accidental platform. Like I was talking to someone 
this morning who had been on nearly nearly three years ago on our podcast and was te- he asked me what are you doing at lunchtime on my lunch and I said at lunchtime he said I'm 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 editing the podcast about um I can't even say it. this is how much of a prude I am about, about uh, different different um, sex sex toys and and how they're used and how to enhance sexual pleasure <laughs> and and he said he said. Uh, so, so we're launching a new podcast on 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 Monday with, with Dr. Caroline West, and it's going to be called Glow West, and it's about sexual well-being and sexual health. And she's talking to these incredible people who are from you know within the sex industry, within all of these things, and it's just. But you know, if you would ask me that, that's what I was going to be doing on my lunch break. Um, even you know, it's just insane. Um, it's it, like so. So it's 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 become it's become all consuming. We launched, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, I I don't even think it's a sports podcast. I think it's a human interest through the prism of sports because where there's no sports to talk about. So it's more, you know, it was two lads who went to Cheltenham. Why did you go to Cheltenham? It wasn't about horse racing. It was about what was the mentality that said I want to go to see Cheltenham as opposed to that. And then obviously, when we started the Echo Chamber, that was really because we were just annoyed listening to the same. Like I just said here, we can we can do this if 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 uh, Matt and Ivan are at it all the time, we might as well try and do it. And sure, we have we know enough we know enough people we can just get in and you know and then you turn around and and like I said today, you get to talk to a guy who's in Kurdistan and he's giving you his information when he was in when when I he said one day he opened the curtains and he heard on the radio ISIS were were, were on their way and he opened the curtains and ISIS drove by and he went and he closed the curtains and like you know going oh, shit. <laughs> so, so how can you not love doing that you know what I mean yeah. so but 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 it is not Finn is right it's not really sustainable it's not really viable the margins are so fine if you're as if you're as idiotic as I am where where you you, you do you get your own server you get your own network you get your own all of these things that's all that's like i uh, you know he mentioned acast i i'm I, i'm no i'm nowhere near any of them I, i'm i'm out here on my own in my little room in in the spare room in the house finn you, you've sat in it you're 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 twice the size of the room <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that, that's very interesting because i put it this way chat like i i find right oh and i love to get your take on this because the one thing that we like we talk an awful lot of nonsense but it, we very rarely actually talk to each other about our own podcast like and stuff like how do you see Irish podcasting going throughout this pandemic and out the other side of it? Um, I think the professionals, like the high-ranking professionals of it, are going to probably suffer the most. I think every Tom, Dick and Harry is going to probably start up an old podcast. Um, like a friend, a friend of mine is uh, starting up the Irish Interior Designs podcast. Um, so make that as fun. Uh, I, I, I think in fairness to Tommy, he planned that before uh, the pandemic. Maybe the pandemic. I know he didn't. He did. He did in fairness to him, but uh, and I actually think he'd be pretty good at it. He he, he runs a, an antique antique shop in Waterford. Um, but yeah, no, as I was saying, I think the pro the pros are going to suffer the most. Like I think, um, as Tim was saying, there the margins are probably quite tight amongst everyone, and they probably rely the most on. Um, live gigs and touring and things like that. So all of those have gone out the window. Um, I know like you've probably, I'd say your tours that you were doing probably pre-podcast have been upped because of the podcast and like been selling out because of that. So I think we touched on it a little last week, but like, you know, those tours are cancelled now. Um, same, I listen to Blind Boy as well there during the week and like all his gigs are cancelled and he got screwed over, I think, for a gig in London. Um, that he had lined up and just he just thought it was it wasn't worth it um I don't know two weeks ago or whatever and that was pre the lockdown so he ended up getting uh, screwed over a bit um but yeah I just I think I think there will be I think as well actually just look at, looking at the comments there on the on our live chat there and um, Ben Park was saying that um, he listens to podcasts most of the time while he's at while he's in work about ten different podcasts. But now that he's not working, he's only he's only getting a couple done at a time. So it's kind of interesting to hear that ACAS get getting a surge, probably of new listeners. But you're wondering those people who are always listening to podcasts the whole time yeah. and, like, like, and the know, commuters. Like, There's no commuting commuters, now. Commuters, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So like, well, yeah, it's, it's, I think though as well, we're going to go through phases. 
I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but I think we're still, to an extent, I think people are probably a bit in the Christmas holidays routine. You know, like you're watching everything on Netflix. Over the next couple of weeks, though, people are going to start developing different routines as they try and deal with what's going on. And I fear, and I don't think, I think it would be good for podcasting, but I don't think it's good for people, that people will, if they spend more and more time inside, retreat more and more inside themselves. You know, to escape the world at the moment is not mm. a nice place. Um, and podcasting is the thing to really facilitate that because it's a form of entertainment that requires nobody else. And actually, you want no one else around, yet someone is still engaging with you. Um, and I think I think it's, I think think it's, it will grow off the back of this. Um, at the moment, radio is doing really well as well. Numbers listening to radio are up. That's because people want to hear the news. I suspect the longer yeah. this drags on, people won't want to hear the news as well. If we're getting like deaths after death, I on occasion now go two days where I'm just like, you know what? I actually just need two days away from this where I just I'm not going to stress about what the next, you know, where the next the, the the next PPE crisis or the next crisis about hospital beds or you know where you're thinking about people in like really who are really struggling or like then you all the you know and you go okay I, this is actually you know I need to like manage this because if I don't well that sounds a really whatever privileged yeah. thing to say that oh I, I just can't deal with thinking about this while other people are going through it but like I think there is a, going to be a thing in society where people need to remove themselves because this is stressful for us all because we're all worried about ourselves or you know our relatives or whoever who are at risk and all this and I, I think in that situation podcasting is going to become we're, we're, more and more people will, will start listening to it over radio because you know that thing that I was saying, I can turn on a, a podcast series from like 10 years ago about the history of Rome and he's going to be talking about, not, you know, COVID definitely won't come up in that and I just won't continue all the way through to the collapse of the Roman Empire because it's a bit too familiar. To yeah. yeah. Actually, Owen, Phil makes a good point there about shutting off from it all. As, as someone who's going into uh, a public ho- a large public hospital every day, like, how are you, how are you managing co- shutting off from it all? Um, hip-hop classics playlist on Spotify. It's tough though because, like, you're getting emails from like HSE, Brock, like corporate or whatever, and you're getting emails from the like, like managers or upper management within the hospital and things like that. So, it is quite tough to turn it off. And as well, also, nobody is doing anything in their own daily lives anyway, so that when you go to talk to them or like hey what you do last night yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah listen to the news or just sat on my own like nobody has <laughs> actually any of their own news nobody does anything so like it, it is actually quite tough to switch away from it i suppose like you just have to like just i don't know be like make not make light of it but like make light of your situation and make light of working with people on a like uh, on a close basis and every day but yeah i don't know it, it's tough it's tough going brilliant right lads let's let's move to some more lighthearted chat before we finish up the podcast i'm going to start off with the first comment on the live chat tonight tony it's a direct question for yourself <laughs> from from my brother ian is that a new orleans pelicans basketball jersey in the background no well, that's not that's that's indiana pacers my god like i mean like i see i have a vision of getting <laughs> a green screen I, I'm so yeah. upset now. Like, like I, I want, I want to get a green screen be, behind me in, in, in this show, uh, <laughs> an NBA basketball court, and I'm going to sit in that jersey, and I'm going to say I'm recording the podcast just after playing, fulfilling my <laughs> lifetime dream of playing at Conseco Fieldhouse. You know, I wanted to be Reggie Miller growing up. What can I tell you? That's that's gas because actually, I, like, like uh, speaking of New Orleans, like to, to bring it down at home for a second, we were supposed to go to New Orleans next week. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, my bro- my brother Ian, who asked that question, he's just a massive American football fan. He loves the New Orleans Saints, so the New Orleans Pelicans obviously is his affinity for for basketball. So the, 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 I suppose that's where he was coming from. He'd be disappointed. Yeah, no, 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 no. The, like the, the Pelicans, they 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 they've 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 won they've won decent player, but they've never they've never done much. What are you talking? Yeah, about? <laughs> absolutely. Um, Actually, I, 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 I put it about. Huh? I don't like. This is not Harland. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, actually, earlier, 
from and you were talking about those two newspapers in the 1840s, like, they couldn't like, amongst each other. I was like, is that basically the foundations for James Stevens and Lachlan Gales? <laughs> <Yeah. think?" laughs> Actually, talk about Herland. Like, we can't even talk about Herland. They've converted Northern Park into a COVID testing centre. Yeah, yeah. They've, taken, they've taken everything away from us. Um, uh, a, a, a different question coming from Ben Park. What are all your thoughts on Trump claiming he's going to open the US for business for Easter Sunday? I mean, Easter Sunday is a holy day. Why is he opening business? <laughs> <laughs> we could probably do an hour on him. Uh, let's not go what is your one sentence summation of Trump open business for Easter Sunday uh, Owen go first clown full stop Tony I'm just I'm afraid of the body count <laughs> yeah I, including your own probably for saying that yeah <laughs> what do you reckon I don't think it's going to happen I think tragically given what seems to be unfolding in New York at the moment like I, I would really, I'm really like really fearful for people I know in the US at the moment. Like it's it's it's, it's, it's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, really, and it's, I, I it think, seems like I think that the, 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 this kind of like idea even that they might like that's not going to happen. I don't think. And like that, like and I actually think it's terrible that it's not because obviously it's terrible that it's not. But the reasons why I don't think Easter Sunday is, is because I think by Easter Sunday, if things keep going the way they're going in the US and the way it seems to be heading. That country's going to be in the grip of a monumental crisis where the idea of going back to work on Easter Sunday is just like won't be on the cards at all. I don't think so. I, I think it's a bit mad to even consider fucking opening business for Easter Sunday. Um, right, guys, we'll move on. The next question, uh, Tony, I already know the answer to this for you, but I give you the opportunity for saying it for anyone who listens to this podcast back later on. The first point in pub you'll be enjoying after this pandemic is over. Right. <laughs> I, I, no, no. Listen, lads. I, you, we, we'll all be in the diggers at some stage, I'm sure, yeah? Oh, listen. When this is all over, the four of us are going to meet up in the diggers. For we didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like we talked earlier on about how it's going to change media, but I think all pubs need to go contactless at the end of all this, and uh, diggers needs to get up with the time. The, the, the lines, so I don't have to pay pal you a few quid for a few points oh and what's the first point in pub you'll be enjoying after the pandemic is over um, i say I might go to uh, I'd say Phil Grimes and probably get some something random out of the top there uh, uh, great spot in Walford brilliant brilliant Finn what about you first point in pub you'll be enjoying when the pandemic is over uh I'll probably stall around to Billy Burns and have a few. Not bad, not bad at all. I could, join a... I could join any of the three of you, to be honest, because they're three good pubs and three good pints. But um, I'm going to say, for contrariness' sake, uh, if, if if I end up in Cork, for example, when all this is over, I'm going to go to Sissy Young's and have a pint of something from uh, the uh, the Blacksick and Sale. Um, I keep hearing people saying Cork. Has anybody ever been to Cork? I've never. People keep I'm, saying it, and I've never I'm actually. Not, I'm, I mean, imagine actually marrying someone from Cork, like let's. <laughs> um, so apparently, as well, we've got to reply back, Tony. The Pacers think, but um. How oh, would you stop? <laughs> this, this probably this probably is one, another one from American before we finish up there um, favourite NBA NFL and MLB teams if you have any Finn I'd say this is outside your scope is it uh, uh, Lakers <laughs> good, good job Tony go on this, this is right up your alley no, but like I mean like it, it is the Pacers it begins with the it begins and ends with the Pacers it was it was like that was it. Like it was, it was, it was, um, it was literally growing up. Everybody liked Michael Jordan, and I wanted the, I wanted the guy who everybody didn't like that they booed. Do you remember when, when, ah, oh, Spike Lee lost the plot in 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 Madison Square Garden when when Reggie hit the hit the hit had like eight points in eleven seconds, and and uh, that was it then. I I was I had to get up at about. 2 a.m. to watch them. I think I was doing my junior shirt at the time or something. You know, <laughs> they, they were the days, folks. See, when you had to get it, when you had to get up and watch it, where you couldn't just. Was that called the intercert when you did it, Tony? No. So <laughs> no, <but>, uh, <laughs> take take your beanie off. I still have better hair than you. You do. You certainly do. 
<laughs> I can stay out of that conversation. That that can be a, cha- a fight between Owen and Tony. Um, oh, Tony, do you, any NFL or MLB teams, or is it just stop at basketball? Yeah, no, in the NFL, I, I, I kind of have a, a soft spot for, uh, and it has to be said only because people hate them and they, they win all the time. The, the the Patriots, it's purely it's purely that anti thing of everybody hates them and they are and they cheat. I always used to say, yeah, what is the saying that that uh, Jordan was 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 supposed to say? If you ain't che- cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, so Lance Armstrong said that too. Um, <laughs> and then Dave, baseball there. I, I don't fancy baseball, to be honest. Go on, do you fancy baseball? I just look and throw in the LA Dodgers, uh, LA Lakers, and uh, I'll, I'll be with Tony there as well, the Pats. So it's all, yeah. all, the, all, the, all, all the things you've won throughout the year. The glory hunter, so I'm a United fan, might as well be. Yeah, I, I, I would go with NBA, I'd go with the. Um, I, I'd be a fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't follow it too much, and I just think I, I, I think I've said it on Snowcast before a couple of times. But I think um, basketball players are, are the most phenomenal athletes in the world. I think there's no there, there's no other sport in the world At, from from an athletic point of view. I think that the the, the the they are physical specimens. Every single one of them. You, I, you, 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 you often watch a live game of Quidditch, man. Yeah, but the shock. <laughs> a good game of Junior B, Jay, no? Really. Huh? A good game of Junior B, surely you'd find the best. <laughs> I, I'm a fucking vin- I, I, I'm a Junior B vintage player, man. I, I've been involved in too, I have too many scars in my body with Junior B to fucking count. There's um, a great, great Tumblr account of uh, Junior B, like with lads driving heifers off a pitch and that kind of stuff. It's oh, listen, that, that right down my street, like. Uh, Tony, yeah, what are you doing, Tony? I've no idea. That that is look at me throwing it down, lads. Throwing it down, one eighty. I know, I know the picture he's thrown up there, so I share it on social media. I've got, I've got I used to get up there. I used to be able to get up there. I've got a Minnesota Vikings hat on as well, uh, but I don't think we've got any any uh, baseball fans in the group. And um, I think, I think as well, we've got, uh, we've got. We've got a couple of more comments. It's just, it's just people slagging Tony off, to be honest, about his, about his, about his picks, to be fair. Um, listen, lads, that, that was great crack. I think um, I think we finished up the podcast now, and we'll probably finish our cans off and have a bit of chat afterwards. Um, Tony, thanks a million for joining us in the self-isolate in. I, I think it's going to last longer than we initially thought, it, this um, lockdown and the, and the pubs being closed and stuff. So we might, yeah, uh, we might get you back on in a couple of weeks if you're up for it. Uh, the the news is the news is that we're going to full lockdown, I believe, while, while we were on this. So no way. Oh yeah. Yeah, wouldn't The T Shock is telling us all now that this that the four of us have to stay here. So everybody just stay <laughs> here where you are. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep the cameras rolling. <laughs> what does a full yeah. lockdown mean? I mean. It means uh, no, you just you, you keep doing what you're doing, mate. <laughs> 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 if, if, and I, no more to, no more topless running for me. Does that mean you're not allowed outside the gaff, though? Yeah, yeah the no, Nordine outside. I'd say they'll be. Go on, sorry, go on. Sorry, right, Tony. Do you have permission slip to have in France and Italy, Finn? Yeah. Yeah. You can only go out to go to the pharmacy, the shop, or to to go for a run on your own, or walk your dog. Well, how do I get one of them to go for a walk? <laughs> you, need go, you, need go, right? you need to go for a run on your own to the pound. Can I leave the house so I can go for a walk tomorrow? Yeah. For two, for two weeks, April 12th, everyone is to stay home in all circumstances except, except, except essential services, shopping, medicines, care for relatives, or brief exercise. So uh, a brief exercise for me is about a nine mile run, but um, yeah, all public employment, <laughs> every fan, we're all screwed. So does that mean uh, all shops really are going to close? No, it, it all the, the same shops will have to stay open that are considered essential. So you know whatever's the whatever made the list, whatever made the list. A so Harvey Norman, huh? A Harvey Norman short and then not the super fan. Yeah, yeah. That, that was someone I saw that. Did you saw that? Someone said that Leo Varadkar, the man who finally ended the, the Harvey Norman sale. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, 
What are you going to say again? Um, but like the garden centre is not all that is going to close now. I don't know. Uh, like, I, as far as I'm aware, they were saying that apparently they're saying some of that's going to be considered essential. That you know, yeah. that whatever, it wasn't whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, garden centres were because for I think for mental health. Yeah, exactly. They were going to yeah. class class. I saw I, I saw someone saying they need to close off licenses, and then a doctor came in and said, uh, "No, I can't. I'm not dealing with the lads coming in all angry when they can't have a few cans." Actually, <laughs> so, yeah, and another like. Yeah, another vocal person on social media was Anthony O'Connor, the, the doctor as well, who said that, like he said, close the off licenses and then you see a surge in A&E's with the DTs, so he said it's not probably the best idea, they probably are essential to be fair. Oh yeah. He's a pharmacist, is he? No. No, he's a, Anthony O'Connor is a doctor in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, Aren't those yeah. good lads? He's, 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 not, he's not really, he, he's, he, he says he's from Cork, but he's from Tala. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, lads, we finish up the, po- the yeah. podcast now, I think, and uh, we're going to chill out and have a couple of points, pretend that we're in a pub. And um, listen, uh, tune in next week. We'll have something else in the self-isolate in. And Tony, hopefully we'll have you back again soon. So uh, hey, part more for the listeners, Tony. Yeah, look, honestly, stay safe, stay home, wash your hands. Part more for the listeners, Finn. It's long. Talk to you soon. Owen. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Irish history <laughs> 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 if, you mind, if you don't mind knocking us off YouTube now we can get the real chat on the way Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.